Hey guys, this is Spacey, and welcome to Cora's podcast, Filmmaking Actually. Uh, this is an interview with film distributor Eric Lundmark, and uh, they talk film distributing and all that fun stuff. This is part two, so enjoy. What would you say, like, because I mean, like, honestly, I have absolutely no idea how much Netflix pays for like indie films. I I know just from just my involvement in the film festival circuit and the films that I see and then I see get distribution. So I know that like those quote unquote Netflix originals or Amazon originals, a lot of those are made and done and finished. Maybe they did some final tweaks, but they bought the finished film and just kind of put their name on it. What? Like, should a filmmaker expect, like, if they're going to sell their film, like, it's a good feature film, it has a celebrity or two in it, it, it's a good story, and people relate to it, and they've done their market research, and they've done all the work, what should they expect? Are they going to get, like, here, Netflix will buy it for $10,000, or um, if it's a feature film, which usually doesn't cost, <laughs> usually costs a lot more than $10,000, especially if there's a celebrity involved, mm-hmm. Um what what could an indie filmmaker expect on distribution for a film um, that they're not doing a theatrical release on? Because I think I would think most indie filmmakers are not thinking with theatrical releases because that's a much bigger. Um, I feel like that's a whole different. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that's a whole different uh, kettle of fish, as it were, of um, its own marketing and getting space in the theaters and getting people to buy tickets and all that stuff feels like a much much different beast than a straight TV or streaming type distribution. Yeah, that's a big question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, how, how much are you going to get? Okay, it sounds like an easy question, but it, it depends on so many factors. Uh, let me just address the Netflix and now also Hulu because they kind of fall in the same category. More or less in principle, they don't buy indie movies anymore at least not the micro budget low budget movies they, yeah you see that you know the Netflix original I can't answer for sure because I don't work for Netflix but the way I understand it uh, at least is sometimes it's a co-production or production for hire that they have uh, you know hired production services the script came from somewhere they initiated it and say let's make this movie even if someone else made it sometimes maybe the movie was already made and they acquired it and in their contract they have a clause that says it should be called a Netflix original and uh, so on but they used to buy a lot of indie films but they don't do that anymore because they have changed their model into only making their own stuff um, so that's even though we do talk and meet with Netflix, <clears throat> we they um, they're not really interested in buying third party, especially very low budget films, which is what we mostly work with. Um, uh, so that that's just don't count on that because even if they would be interested, they usually again based on my experience with other filmmakers, they usually want. Uh, all rights worldwide and they're going to give you one flat fee up front and that's it you have no more chance to make revenue from the film Uh, so because it makes it easier for them they pay you once and then there's no more paperwork or reporting or anything like that and they just pump it out everywhere and other sales straight sales to different 
platforms like television or cable and red box and so on. <clears throat> it really depends on many factors. It depends on the film. Uh, it depends on what the TV channel or cable channel are willing to pay for it, what they think their threshold is. Uh, I mean, it varies widely. It varies within several hundred thousand dollars from very low money to you know very good money. And internationally, the money has gone down a lot, as I'm sad to say. TV is still the best paying platform internationally. Just money from a regular distributor, um, that as an international distributor, or they call foreign buyers, they really are distributors in their own uh, home territory, right? So. Mm. The money that they're offering have gone down a lot. So we see less and less offers from international buyers that are distributors in their own country. The only ones, the difference is that television in international countries, they can still pay decent money. So then we go back to the genre thing. If you're really thinking about making money, then you should really focus on TV safe movies. So we can spend a half an hour talking about horror, how it used to be a solid business when we still had Blockbuster and your local DVD store and so on. But since that is gone, it's hard to find um, an outlet for horror movies uh, beyond the digital, beyond the VOD, that, that is a steady stream of revenue because none of these platforms pays money up front, right? So you're going to have to make the movie and then wait a long time to make it back because Blockbuster used to pay for the movie up front and you, you got enough cash to go out and make another one. And it was, it, it was a system, a business system that worked. But now with all these digital platforms, no one is willing to do that because it's just way too much content. So with the horror stuff, you can't sell it to TV because there are no channels for it. So if people are interested in making those sales, we say, all right, think family, uh, comedy, rom-com, drama, romance, straight romance, anything that's kind of safe. Sure, action, but it's very expensive to do action, and, and I doubt you can do a good action movie on a micro-budget. So if you're going to make an action movie, then you go into the other categories. You have to think about pre-sales or talking to the outlet before you even make the movie, saying, hey, if I'm going to make this movie, is this something you'd be interested in? You really have to check... Um, on the receiving end, if they want this, if you're going to make it. Otherwise, you're just going to lose all that money. Let's say like, um, I mean, I'll just say, <laughs> so I've got this friend. I'm just kidding. It's me. <laughs> so like. <laughs> I'm asking um, for a friend. Yeah, it, it's me. I'm, yeah. I'm your friend. <laughs> but um, my uh, husband and I have our, our little production company, Space Dream Productions, and um we optioned a feature film that we're developing and we just got our budget done and we're putting it all together and we're um the next thing we're doing is bringing on someone for casting to attach our name actors and all that stuff when we did the breakdown like this isn't like a two hundred thousand dollar budget we went through it i mean i was very very fortunate to work with a line producer who's worked on some giant blockbusters for the last several decades um and uh, she really went through with me every single line. She teaches film now and um, went through every single line of the budget and explained what it all was. We took out everything we could. Um, I then brought it to another line producer who's a much uh, smaller scale, does a lot more indie projects. And I had him look at it and 
he went through everything and I had another line producer look at it just to kind of get an idea from like the range of, um, you know, someone who works on films like American History X versus someone who works on much smaller, lower budget, mm-hmm. not millions and millions of dollars. Um, and everyone pretty much said that the budget, they all had like one or two things that they would change. Like, oh, well, I would drop this, but I would raise this. And mm-hmm. when you average it all out, they were they were all saying the same mm-hmm. range for the budget. Right. Um, and, and one producer said something to me that I thought was really interesting. She said that, the the real five hundred thousand dollar indie features don't really exist anymore. Like if you're gonna actually pay people, if you're gonna feed people, you're mm-hmm. gonna pay them their rate if they deserve it. We're really lucky that the cinematographer that we're working with is a multi award winning cinematographer whose work is outstanding. And I'm I worked with him on one other project, and I'm really excited to be working with him again. Um, but you know he's not a hundred dollars a day <laughs> he's he has his rate um which mm-hmm. is still extremely reasonable compared to what he could be charging um we did our market research on it we know that there's audience interest in it we did almost 200 surveys literally across the country um and people are interested in the story they're interested in seeing the film they want to see it get made um so we feel like it has the relevancy but should I guess, I don't know, like this is, I'm kind of asking like on a, on, a, on a personal note, like as an indie filmmaker, I kind of feel like if your feature film wasn't made for $5,000, you're not making a profit. Like what, um, what would your thoughts on that be? And if this is too weird and rambly, I may just cut it out of the podcast, but <sighs> I just feel like it's important <laughs> because people get told all the time, make a, make your fil- feature film for nothing. You know, you need mm-hmm. to prove it you, if you want to make money. But the thing is, it's not nothing. It's like you said, you know, you hire a sales rep. It's because they have all those years of experience. They have the connections. They know what you're doing right. and you're paying for that. Yeah. You know, if you want to hire people that have, know what they're doing, that, that, you know, an art director who knows, I mean, I started in production design and for me, like, yeah, I can come in and I can bring your budget down and I can make your art department, you know, I can decorate an entire girl's bedroom out of an empty space for a hundred dollars because I worked in production design for 10 years and I know exactly where to buy everything and exactly how to do it. And I can put a design together in my sleep, but I would prefer if you didn't pay me a hundred dollars and then tell me I can keep what's left out of the entire budget after I spend everything because it's my time. So to make that, like you said, a high skill um, film and bring people in, if it's looking like, okay, it's going to be a million dollars, $1.5 million. Is that just like a joke? Like, okay, don't even tell an investor they're going to get their money back because they never will. Or is that something that could be sold? Sorry for the long, the long question. Oh, no, I, no, I understand. We, 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 we get this all the time also. I, usually, I have, there's a simple answer. To, it, to just put it broadly, there are two budgets. Either, like some of your friends said, make it for nothing. That's one option. And usually in the beginning, you want to try to make it for nothing. And it becomes a friend project family and friend project just just do something just just get your feet wet just get just get in the game you know but don't spend too much money because you don't really know what you're doing yet right in terms of a producer and trying to get sales and all that just start making a name for yourself even if you have a lot of experience as a production designer or something else now you want to be a producer or a director or whatever it is and that part is new um, and you have to just accept the fact this is new for me and I don't have a track record. Um, if you have a rich uncle or find some guy 
or a woman who is willing to give you a million dollars <laughs> than take the money and run and make that movie. <laughs> but usually what happens is no one will lend you that much money. Anything that has millions in the name of it, you will typically not get that unless you have a track record um, being a producer or director. That's what you're, you're doing right now. You're not just being a production designer. You are actually making the movie, right? You are the one who is initiating the whole thing. And it sounds like... Yeah, I mean, I should back up and just say I was a production designer um, almost 10 years ago. I've been producing and directing for the last... Um, uh, my husband and I released our first film in 2016 and we've made uh, about 15 projects since then. And we have like 50 festival acceptances and 45 award nominations. We've won 15 awards in the last three years. Like we're doing pretty good. So, uh, okay. Um, so you have the track. Yeah. So then, all right, <laughs> yeah. so then you find someone who can lend you the money. That's great. So you've solved a lot of, lot of problems, but before you make something with that much money, you know, you can always spend the money, but you got to make it back. And then you right. have to reach out before you even start shooting and figure out who wants this. Without that, it's too risky. It's it's just too dangerous to make, spend that much money on something that you don't even know if it's going to work or not. Because you, you can't do that. If you're going to say, you know, am I doing the right thing or am I doing the wrong thing? Well, it sounds like you are doing the wrong thing if you don't know how to vet the market or reach out and find out is anyone going to want to buy this because you you need just as well as you need to find the money to to um, invest you don't borrow this much money because then you're doomed you you need to find someone who, who's understand that this is risk investment but they believe in you and your team and understand that this film may not make their money back, but it's a great stepping stone in your career and they believe in you and they want to keep working with you for you know the near and far future. But you, you really do need to find out if this movie will have a business at the receiving end. I'll tell you a little anecdote just so you understand. that goes back to the, the money part again. We had... Well, we still have a very nice family film, but and and it was made for you know that range, you know millions, and it's very very good. It didn't get a big theatrical release in the U.S. We did a small day and date. We played it in eleven cities and released it at the same time in on cable VOD. We talked to our Italian buyer, TV buyer, and he said, "Well, you know, since it didn't have a theatrical release, I can probably get." somewhere between twenty and $30,000 for Italian TV sale. But if I'm going to have to give you an MG and I have to dub the movie and this and that, I will best case break even. He said, this movie has no business. If, however, the movie had been released theatrically, the, t- the TV stations, they would add another zero and it would sell for at least 200000 in Italy for television. So... But then again, making a theatrical release is very, 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 very expensive. So, you know, it takes millions and millions of dollars to do it right. And you need a bigger distributor. We, we're, we're too small to do, you know, really big theatrical uh, distribution because it's not just the distribution to the theaters and making the DCPs. It's the marketing. If you don't spend money marketing it, then no one's going to see the movie. Right. Because you have to market it. You can't just... Like, you can't just put it in theaters. No one's going to go and see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But, you know, that's the same as when we used to do digital releases. We actually do marketing. So we do uh, come up with a marketing plan together with the filmmakers and we spend money on social media marketing because it's very well-spent money. You don't have to overspend to get the result. We see the result right away. You know, we work with bit.ly links and we can see where the clicks are coming from and when and, and so on. And we see right away when we start a campaign, the clicks go up and when the campaign is over, the clicks st stop. Uh, so it, it, it's a, there are very good tools these days to do affordable marketing that makes sense for, you know, s s low budget movies. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, I will say that one of the reasons the budget is where it is is because we put in P&M for the end and we put mm -hmm. in the full post budget. Everything is in there so that we know we're not going to be like turning around to our investors and saying, so we made the movie and it's in the can, but mm -hmm. right, right. <laughs> now we need, you know, and the, you know, the full M&E track is in there. We got a quote from our, um, the guys we work with for post sound. Like we have everything mm -hmm. laid out on paper. So we, that's taken into account, but um, I think those are those are really good points, and I hope that's useful for anyone listening. I mean, I wasn't trying to be like self-serving by like asking you um, in the interview. I I think it's important because people don't. It's not really talked about, or at least not. I don't know if it's just the circles that I'm in or the Facebook groups that I'm in, but it seems to be a pretty big question that doesn't. It doesn't just get like laid out on the table. There's like this big kind of veil of mystery and confusion, and it's like this elusive, like you said, a lottery ticket. You know, it kind of feels like to make a good film and sell it is like Merry Christmas. <laughs> it, yeah, and I know. And, and, and unfortunately, the, the lottery ticket stories, they're the ones everyone is pointing to and saying, oh, look at them. They did it. I'm sure I can do it too. <laughs> but that's what I said. It's very hard to plan to win the lottery. Um, I wish I could. Then I could just make all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Awesome. Well, I have to say, I think that all the information that you've shared has been extremely helpful and I'm really looking forward to being able to share it uh, with fellow filmmakers and with people who are looking at, you know, how do they get their film distributed? How do they even start this path? Um, are there any other important elements that you would say a filmmaker uh, should consider when they're, um, uh, you know, whether they're starting a film or have a film that they've completed. I mean, I do think that it's probably easier before it's been started, but um, just anything that you think is kind of an important point that maybe I didn't ask or hasn't been mentioned yet. Uh, I think we covered a lot, but I think if you're a new filmmaker, you're just going to have to look at your career building years as something where you do two or three micro-budget movies and you get some kind of distribution and don't set your hopes too high in terms of revenue. It's more of making a name for yourself, getting your work out there. Because here's what's going to happen. Once you have that project that's going to cost you anywhere from two to five million, where, which is typically where the real business starts, um, because then you can make plans, right? You can hire the names, etc., etc. But Let's say you have that project in your hand. You wrote the script or you found the script or whatever. You're going to go to an investor and, 
and they're going to ask you, have you made films before? And you say, yes. Did it get distribution? Yes. Is it making any money? Yes. You, <laughs> and then you just try to avoid the question, did it make a profit? Oh, look, an airplane. And then, <laughs> you know. But if you usually answer those three first questions, then they say, okay, so show me what you have. And then you're kind of in the door, and then you can start talking at a different level than those first you know two or three micro budget just you know just make something and get it out there and and uh, but don't expect too much money to come back from those first projects and if you have more experience under your belt accept uh, the fact that the market is changing there are less and less international sales for indie semi unknown filmmakers and you're going to have to team up with other partners like a distributor or or colleagues in in different areas but the key is to talk to the outlet platform whether it's a tv station a cable station or a vod platform or something something and plan with them saying look if i make this will you buy it from me or will you make an offer something to that effect otherwise it's too risky when you go above two hundred thousand dollars would you say that, um, could you split it up? Could you do like maybe a TV release and then have it go to Netflix or a TV release and then have it go to Prime or something like that? Or do they prefer to keep it separate? Like, oh no, if it was on TV, we don't want it or whatever. I don't know. No, that's fine. TV comes first because anyone who puts money on the table, they're going to get an exclusive period. So right. we have three films on Showtime right now and they all have a, an, an exclusive period where we can't do other sales in certain areas and so on. Uh, <clears throat> Netflix, <laughs> I don't know. They keep changing. I, I really don't know. You know, we, we don't have an ongoing um, sales channel with Netflix. We, we pitch things, but it just over the last five years, it's just less and less and less interest in, you know, indie films. They just want to make their own stuff. So Netflix is a bad partner in, in that respect. I mean, they're a powerhouse. You know, just look at the latest... Uh, Golden Globe nominations, they're leading the pack with nominated films. They're they're turning into a giant. So I, I, I can't really speak on, on their behalf. But more is it to talk to TV and cable still. Uh, maybe Amazon Originals might be more interested. It's hard to tell. Uh, but definitely the bottom line is you need to figure out if what you're making will have interest from people who will put money on the table. And those you. are like a TV, like Showtime's not going to pay like $2 million no, no, for no, no, no. a film. To no, 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 no. Yeah, that's like... No, no one will pay that much money. Even if you spend that money, it's not going to come from one paycheck or one sale. It's gonna still going to take time. It's still not going to be easy, but you're going to have to sell it to a lot of different places. And, you know, hopefully you'll make the money back within a few years. Uh, and again, you hear the success stories where, oh, we sold it for blah, 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 right away. And, you know, <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, the Napoleon Dynamite, <laughs> but, like $400,000 you know, uh, or whatever it was, some couple hundred thousand dollars, and it made like millions and millions and millions right. and millions back. Yeah, the, those films, they are those lottery winners that everyone is pointing to. But, you know, here's a simple lesson that I did a few years ago <clears throat> that anyone can do and just kind of read between the lines yourself. Just do a simple internet search on successful indie films or indie films that made money or blah, blah, however you want to phrase it. You're going to get the same result. You're going to get about... Um, 
depending how they count, between 14 and 25 maybe successful so-called indie films in the last 40 years. Uh, and you look at them, what do they all have in common? Is it the genre? Is it the director? The cast? The what? This and that? No. And it hits you. The one thing they all have in common is that they got distribution from a studio. Because mm. they are the only ones who can afford the marketing campaign to make sure people get to know about it and say, wow, oh yeah, that looks interesting. I got to see that. That is the power of marketing and it's very expensive. So I should just double the budget. You know, you say like, okay, my film costs $500,000. We're going to ask for a million dollars and we put $500,000 into marketing. Yeah, you can build in a marketing campaign in your budget for sure. But if you don't aim to do a theatrical, you should set aside marketing money for your digital release um, just to cover that because you, you don't have to spend so much with, with a digital release, but you'll see pretty good results anyway. Sweet. Uh, anything else that you think is... Uh... While you have the ears of the of the indie filmmakers, <laughs> I also want to say, you know, all both us and and a lot of smaller distribution companies, we work very closely with the filmmakers. Um, we we pick a street date together and we come up with a marketing plan and so on and so forth. And we are open to submissions. It, you, you don't have to go through a lawyer or an agent or anything. That's only for you know the really big companies. We get we are solicited all the time with emails. Rather not take a lot, lot of phone calls, but you're more than welcome to email and saying, hey, I heard your thing on blah, 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 and, and I'd like to show you my, my, my trailer and see if you're interested. We do that every day, so that's perfectly fine. Oh, awesome. Um, and what email should they uh, reach out to you on? Oh, the, the regular company email is info at leomarkstudios.com. Okay, great. Um, I can put that in... I can put it in the description of the podcast so that it's like spelled out for them, if that's okay with you. I don't. I mean, I don't want to like bombard you with emails either. But like, whatever no, we, that's that's part of the business. We are bombarded with emails, and and you know, I, ha <laughs> I have a list of two hundred films on my watch list that I'm going through slowly. Awesome. Well, I I mean, I really appreciate that. I think that's great, and I love um, when people are accessible. Um, I think that's really important, especially in indie film, because there's yeah. so many doors that just get closed in your face every day. So right, it's, right, it's yeah. Nice to not be a slam right in your face. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you uh, very much for your time. I really, really, really appreciate it. And to everyone listening, I hope you found this helpful. And um, if you have any questions, you can email us at filmmakingactually at gmail.com or you can leave a comment or you can message us on Facebook on our Space Dream Productions page where you can like and comment and share and all that super exciting stuff. And okay, that's it. Bye-bye. <laughs>